Greetings, Blazer Nation, and welcome to the UAB Collat Fan Podcast, your premier bi-monthly podcast for information on finance, accounting, and money. Brought to you by the Collat School of Business's UAB Department of Accounting and Finance and the Reading Institute for Financial Education. So, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. Greetings, Blazer Nation. Great to have you with us once again. And as usual, here on the Collat Fam podcast, we're all about bringing wonderful guests on the show to talk about topics in accounting, finance, and money, and career development. Uh, and today, uh, we have the pleasure of having Lauren Hyde with us here on Collat Fam. Lauren serves as the first executive director of the Alabama Business Intelligence Center, which is an organization that generates actionable data insights for the recruitment and retention of businesses within the state of Alabama. Prior to joining the Alabama Business Intelligence Center, Lauren was a senior associate with EBSCO Capital, where her responsibilities included sourcing and evaluating new investment opportunities and supporting transactions, including mergers and acquisitions. Prior to joining EBSCO, she worked as an institutional investment consultant at Highland Associates, where she conducted financial market research, built portfolios, and offered insights regarding market conditions and future expectations for their clients. Lauren graduated with a bachelor's in finance and also economics from Sanford University, and she holds the Chartered Financial Analyst designation as a member of the CFA Society of Alabama and the Alabama Economics Club. She also serves on Sanford University's Brock School of Business, Economics, Finance, and Quantitative Analysis Advisory Board, and is a member and past president of the Junior uh, Glenwood Junior Board, and she is a member of the Rotaract Club of Birmingham, where she serves as chair of the Investment Committee. So, without further ado, Collat Fam is happy to have with us today Ms. Lauren Hyde. And welcome, Lauren. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, look, first of all, I wanted to mention that this is not your first time visiting us here at Collat. In fact, uh, you were recently a guest speaker here uh, to a group of our students, and I know because I was there, uh, you were absolutely fantastic. Uh, and also, since the last time you were here, uh, you recently hired one of our finance students to an internship opportunity. So we basically just wanted to try to get you here to share some of your insights uh, with our listening audience, and we're glad to have you on the podcast. Uh, so with such a wealth of experiences across portfolio management, mergers and acquisitions, uh, and now you're evaluating and directing projects for the state of Alabama's economic improvement. Uh, so before we share more about your career journey, can you tell us what originally led to your decision to pursue a major, well, a double major in finance and economics and then your CFA. Yeah, absolutely. I started with just thinking about what did I naturally gravitate towards in terms of interest. So I found that I was more at ease reading the Wall Street Journal with my dad growing up. And so if I was going to study anything, I'd rather study something that I felt more at ease and comfortable in. Um, that doesn't mean that I wasn't challenged along the way. I think um, you'll hear that in my career journey I always seek out opportunities to be learn to be learning, um, to challenge myself. But 
in terms of just like where I felt sort of natural aptitude, I just went kind of where I was most familiar. And so that led to um, classes in econ and finance at Sanford. Um, and that sort of just launched my journey from there in terms of a career, um, starting with internships, um, many, many connections, um, starting with professors at Sanford and introductions there. Um, and then each and every successive job has been both a learning journey for me and an introduction tied in some way, shape, or form to my alma mater. Fantastic. And so uh, one of the things we like to try to do with our listeners and try to give our students insights to give them uh, uh, ways to evaluate steps in their career journey, uh, what are some of the things that you learned personally while working in portfolio management with large institutional investors? Yeah, I would say starting out, um, I was with individual investors. Um, so I really honed my communication skills and my ability to explain things succinctly and clearly. Switching to institutional management, I found that those skills were very applicable, very highly applicable even. And so I tried to take that into the clarity in which we described the markets in our outlook and forecast for those markets. Uh, the major difference would probably be I just looked at more asset classes, and that was sort of the key shift and why I wanted to go into institutional. I was studying for the CFA at the time, and so I went from just looking at equity and fixed income to then looking at things like private markets, whether it be private equity, private real estate, commodities, you name it. So thinking about the CFA curriculum, you're going from, you know, a couple books um, to the, the whole like eight stack of books that you're studying at the time. So that was sort of the onus is how do I apply everything that I'm studying in a very real way. But I would say the fundamentals are very the same, uh, very much the same. You know, we can high level portfolio management theory um, that, you know, hopefully the students will have a class, but you definitely get a dose of that in the CFA curriculum. The major differences revolve around time horizon, risk, things like that. Um, the size of the portfolio obviously allows you to do some different things in terms of investment. So it was a nice comparison getting to see um, both individual investors um, and then going to see endowments and foundations. But the key is always remembering that those endowments and foundations are comprised of individuals on their board. So I'd say there are more similarities than differences. And, you know, and at another time we could get into all the portfolio management specifics, but that's a nice teaser um, in terms of what you get from CFA curriculum. Wow. And that's something that we definitely want to encourage our students to uh, consider, especially those considering careers in finance. And so uh, getting back to your career path after those years uh, uh, in investments, uh, institutional portfolio management, and then uh, moving on to mergers and acquisitions, what led you to your current position as executive director at the Alabama Business Intelligence Center? Yeah, it's a very interesting journey. Um, was having a conversation with my now colleagues, um, Miller, Gervin, and Greg Barker, and really hearing them talk about what they wanted to do in terms of economic development and sort of this new phase of how we do economic development research. And it really sounded like a lot of the activities I had done in my professional career in terms of investment due diligence, but also... Um, 
in terms of generating new investment ideas. And so it was just a great study in sort of this like cross-disciplinary nature of, of our work. And so when they were talking about um, wanting to better understand businesses and better understand risk and better understand opportunity, I just put that through my lens of how I think about um, how I think about companies, right? How I thought about companies at EBSCO, um, how I thought about broader industries, even when I was at Highland. And so how do we take an understanding of industry risk and trends, knowledge of financial statements, knowledge of how businesses think, how they grow, how they expand, identifying those growers and expanders, um, and then taking that research and channeling it into you know, who are going to be the companies that come and invest in the state and how do we how do we target them, how do we reach out to them and how do we be intentional about that. So a lot of the research that we do is just like basic corporate due diligence at its finest. Wow. And so that's something that we definitely appreciate you sharing with us and well, something that we really want to delve into uh, with regards to your career journey as well, is that uh, with your start, uh, how did you first determine the position that you wanted to pursue with regard to internships or other opportunities as you were transitioning from student to full-time? Yeah, I think similar to the role I just talked about, the role that I fill now at the Business Intelligence Center, going back to my first internship, it's always been this idea of what do I want to learn and am I going to be challenged? Um, so in this role, it's my chance to help create something new um, and to bring a skill set and research um, to a space that has not typically seen this sort of skill set and, and research interest. Um, but even at the beginning in terms of internships, it was you know, I had a chance to learn about municipal bonds and I was taking a municipal bond class. And so it was like, how do I get that real world experience? And that led from an interaction of working on the third floor of that building on Lakeshore to the fifth floor on Lakeshore, where I got to cut my teeth on sort of the typical financial advisory, financial planning path. And then from there, it was like, okay, well, this investment thing is very interesting. You know, there's no shortage of, of questions to be answered. Um, if, if you like certainty, I can guarantee you this is not a space for you. And so from there, it was just, you know, introduction after introduction, um, you know, learning experience after learning experience. And so that's really been the key theme. I never set out necessarily with this, like, end job in mind, which I think is how most of us think about a, a career journey or, or path. I mainly thought about what am I interested in? What skills do I have and what skills do I want to attain in each role? Awesome. And one of the things that I wanted to mention uh, related to that is, uh, well, we have a faculty mentor in common uh, from our days as students, uh, Dr. Sarah Helms, and uh, who was once here at UAB and is now at Sanford. And so uh, as we were chatting, uh, we were both talking about how great of a professor and mentor uh, that she was. And so uh, for me here at UAB and for you at Sanford, so for our listening audience, can you talk about the important role of mentors such as faculty in your career journey? And how would you encourage students uh, in our listening audience to seek out those type of relationships? Absolutely. They're, they're key. I mean, I think they're pivotal. I can, 
Um, obviously point to Dr. McCarty, who helped me with um, my research, helped me get it published along with Dr. Yerkes, and both of them are instrumental in helping me sort of see my potential, push me, challenge me, um, which has been def definitely applicable in the workplace. You know, Dr. McCarty helped me get one of my first internships, um, one in D.C., and, and that was sort of an interesting application of um, my economic studies. But now in my current role, having that experience, having worked at a think tank, doing some um, research and writing in terms of economic policy, it's just a, such a full circle moment. So it's, it's it, it, when you look back on your career journey, all these building blocks, you know, it was pivotal to have a professor make that introduction. Um, I'm thinking of, you know, two different roles that I held, both at Regions and then at Highland Associates, came via introductions from Sanford professors. So I cannot understate the importance of my professors, both in, in sort of my, my basic learning, my foundational education, right, but also in my professional journey. They were extremely important in help me, helping me network in terms of both internships and jobs. Like, I can, I can pretty much link every single experience to my alma mater, which is really important. Um, and knowing that we have such tight community here in Birmingham, um, the fact that I get to come speak at UAB and working with UAB students, still continue to, to go back to Sanford and work with students there as well, um, is just a real testament to the fact that um, choosing to go to school here um, within the state um, yield so many opportunities, um, and so I'm excited for, for what UAB and Sanford students have going for them here. Awesome, and so that's something that segues perfectly into our next question, and that is we like to allow our guests to talk about their community involvement, and so as we mentioned earlier, you're a member of the Rotaract Club, and I know many folks have heard of Rotaract, which is known as a service organization, but can you talk about some of the reasons that led you to become a part of the Rotaract Club, and how has your involvement with Rotaract given you additional perspective with regard to your current role as executive director at the Business Intelligence Center. Absolutely. I think it was an important bridge coming out of university, right? It, when you're in school, you have tailor-made experiences around learning, obviously, socializing, and service. Um, you know, both UAB and Sanford, I think, are, are big on um, programming around service, student organizations, and so that's all just tailor-made. It's just there. It's on a silver platter. It's, it's hard to not bump into opportunities to learn, socialize, and serve, which are the three pillars of Rotaract. So when Rotaract was introduced to me coming out of school, I immediately knew that's something I wanted to be a part of um, because it was a way for me to not only give back to my community, but really kind of replicate the best aspects of a university experience, but in a very professional setting. We have the largest Rotaract club in the world here in Birmingham. I think it's a, a real testament to the quality of the professionals um, and how much they care about the community. And that's important to my in my role now because we're hyper-focused on economic development opportunities, recruiting and retaining businesses, which revolve around a key input, which is talent. 
And so having the Rotaract Club um, there as a networking opportunity, as a service opportunity, as a learning opportunity is really important uh, for Birmingham and for our state. And so I just, I, I plug that as well as many other organizations around town in terms of, of getting involved. It's, it's a nice segue to take your university experiences into your professional career. Awesome. Well, Lauren, I, I just want to thank you so much for coming by and sharing those insights and, of course, naturally, your journey with us and our listeners, uh, especially tying together all of your professional experiences and touching in on the importance of service to our listening audience. So thank you so much for joining us on Collab Now today. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, definitely it's been fantastic. And so that concludes this episode of the Collat Fam podcast. Again, I would like to thank Lauren Hyde for joining us today as our guest. And I would like to thank our listeners, followers, and subscribers. I would also like to remind everyone out there to subscribe or follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio so you can stay up to date on what's going on within accounting and finance at Collat School of Business. And if you don't mind, please support us by leaving a five-star review. We would also like to continue to encourage our UAB students and alumni to come and start their network here with us at the Collat School of Business. Lastly, thanks to the Regents Institute for Financial Education here at Collat and the Department of Accounting and Finance. And lastly, thanks for listening and shout out to all of our Collat fam. <laughs>